0: From the Daily Northwestern, this is the Weekly. I'm Shane McKeon. It's week seven. Week seven. I think uh, midterm season is over by now, but but who really knows? It kind of feels like midterm season starts during week three and lasts until week nine. So, if not midterms, though, I have a feeling something else might be stressing you out. I don't have to tell you that there is an election in four days. Four days. Of course, this presidential election has been unpredictable and shocking since day one. And later in the show, we'll hear from a Northwestern psychology professor who psychoanalyzed Donald Trump for The Atlantic magazine. But before that, for a few weeks now, we've been talking to students all around campus and asking who they plan to vote for. But there's a big population at Northwestern of students who aren't going to vote. I'm talking about international students. And we were wondering, what is it like to watch this campaign unfold? Especially when Donald Trump has made immigration such a central issue. The Dailies, Mariana Alfaro, Stavros Agarakis, and Cory Mueller filed this report.
1: It's probably one of the most ridiculous elections I've ever experienced in my life, probably in American history as well.
2: That's Dimitris Gulamaris, a Weinberg freshman from Greece.
1: You know, on the one side, we have Hillary. No one likes Hillary. Mm. Everybody says she's corrupted. There's probably a reason for people to say that. But then on the other side, you have Trump. I don't want to go into much profanity, so I don't want to say much about Trump. We know who Trump is, and what he's done, what he's said. If I, were, if I were American, I would vote for Hillary, but only because I would never want Trump to rule the country.
2: Demetrius expanded upon why he thinks someone like Donald Trump is able to exist in the political arena.
1: As most countries, America has a, a big chunk of people who are not as educated as, mm-hmm. like, they're not as educated, they're living in poor conditions, mm-hmm. they're maybe unemployed, and all these people have a lot of rage in mm-hmm. them, and they need something to, to blame. They need someone to express, to express that rage. Mm-hmm. So it makes total sense for me that a person like Trump has at least some support. Mm -hmm. But I I wouldn't expect him to be that close to being president Mm -hmm. though. But still, I can understand that. And uh, it's a phenomenon that takes place in many places around Europe. Many international students, willingly
2: or not, have been pulled into our election cycle. That's forced them to consider the policies of
1: our presidential candidates. It's made me think a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, the rhetoric about immigrants is exactly what shows that Trump is not An intellectual Mm -hmm. and should not be a politician because America was founded by immigrants and uh, its economy is heavily dependent on immigrants. Whether that's good or bad, that's Mm -hmm. how it is. That's how it's always been. So to deport all immigrants would be terrible for America.
2: The stance around immigration may not just be about policy. For some students from abroad, it's more personal.
3: I feel really offended by it. I think it's really racist. And you're targeting not only, when you go against either Mexicans or Latino women, you're targeting me as well and the whole Latino community, I think. And that's particularly offensive to not only me because I'm a woman, but I think to all of us Latinos. Because it's as if we were inferior or as if America is the greatest and we that's why we want to come.
2: That's another Weinberg freshman, Elna Alvear, who comes from Lima, Peru. Among other things, she wanted to stress the importance of our vote, the millennial vote.
3: For me, it's really important. I got to vote in the Peruvian elections, and it made a huge impact. For for the first time, we have a candidate who has gotten higher education, and that's the first time we've made a difference. And I think it's especially because of our generation that has voted, most of the youngsters. And I think that is definitely important here right now
0: the presidential campaign is not the only race that's going to end tuesday in illinois a senate seat is up for grabs and democrat tammy duckworth is challenging republican mark kirk for more our own davis rich sat down with the Daily's sam Krevlin, who's been
4: following the race
0: can you tell me a little bit about what makes this election important or unique?
4: I think this Senate election is unique in a lot of ways. I think for one thing, you have two candidates who have both served for the United States and are both are handicapped. Tammy Duckworth lost both of her legs um in Iraq and Mark Kirk recently suffered a stroke. So there's something there to it. But I think this election is also fairly interesting in the way that they've campaigned towards voters. They're both tried to show that they're moderates. And I think in a time where people have really complained about gridlock and not getting a lot of legislation passed, that both of these candidates have tried to show that they are willing to work across party lines. And I think that they have seen that Illinois voters have really responded to that. And I think that's been something pretty unique.
0: What do you think some of the more important issues are in this election, both to the voters and some of the issues that the candidates have been focusing on during their campaigns?
4: Yeah, so I think starting off with Tammy Duckworth, one of the things that's been really important for her is to show that with her military experience, she's been able to apply that to a lot of domestic issues. And she's done that with affordable college, and I think she's seen how millennials and young people have responded to that, and she's turned that into a national security issue. She's basically said, you know, we need to educate our generation because that is how we can create a strong military force. For Mark Kirk, the issues that are important to him are gun reform, being a proponent of gay rights and gay marriage. He has a 100% record with the human rights campaign. And although he lost that endorsement recently for remarks they said during the debate, he did have that endorsement, which is pretty unique for a Republican to have a human rights campaign that really focuses on LGBTQ issues to get that endorsement.
0: So you touched on a little bit of the controversy in the selection. There's been controversy on both sides with Duckworth and with Mark Kirk. Can you talk a little bit about the controversy on both sides?
4: Yeah. In Thursday's debate, Tammy Duckworth said that her family has served for the United States since the revolution and that she is a product of her family and the blood, sweat and tears that her family put in to this country. And Mark Kirk basically said that I had forgotten that your parents came all the way from Thailand to serve George Washington, which many people took as... A racially insensitive remark. For Kirk, he is someone that a lot of the time speaks his mind, and he. this isn't the first time where he's had a slip of the tongue. He called Obama the drug dealer-in-chief for the $400 million payment uh, linked to the release of American prisoners. He got a lot of scrutiny for that, but Tammy Duckworth has at times also been in the same situation. When talking about her military service in 9-11, she suggested that she was in Chicago during 9-11. Really, she was in Scotland on vacation, and so even though she said that she meant she was in Chicago by her unit being in Chicago and she was commanding it, her unit in Chicago from overseas, initially she got a lot of heat for that. So both have gotten into some controversy because of the words they've said, and it's created a pretty interesting election that's been almost as entertaining as I think Hillary and Trump's campaign has been.
0: So what goes on inside the mind of Donald Trump? That was the question Dan McAdams set out to answer. McAdams is a psychology professor here at Northwestern, and in June, he wrote a story for The Atlantic in which he psychoanalyzed Trump. He spoke to The Daily's Maddie Fox for our podcast Office Hours, which you can subscribe to in the podcast app.
5: I mean, he's interesting on the surface. I mean, he's, he's a phenomenon. There is nobody like him in the world. And it is extraordinary what he has achieved, especially in the political realm over the last year. You know, on the surface, he's a highly socially dominant, extroverted person who's very, very disagreeable and bombastic. And he's got a singular persona. But for most people, you get behind the traits that you see in everyday life, and you find values and goals that are interesting. You find a story that maybe helps you understand them. And there is some of that with Trump, but not that much.
6: Trump does have a guiding story, though, McAdams said. It's just not as complex as others he's seen.
5: He has a story for his life about essentially fighting, being a warrior. He's been fighting since as far back as he can remember. His father encouraged him to fight hard, to be a killer, because the world is a tough, Darwinian, ruthless place. And that is how he sees it, which is somewhat ironic, given that he grew up in the lap of luxury, a very well-functioning, very rich family. And yet to come out of that with this warrior narrative is sort of interesting. But I just didn't find a lot of nuance and a lot of subtlety.
6: One thing that stood out in this campaign has been the aggressive work of fact-checkers. Though fact-checks have shown that Donald Trump has lied repeatedly, some see him as far more trustworthy than his Democratic challenger, Hillary Clinton.
5: PolitiFact has him at 75%, last I looked, in terms of like 75% of his statements on the campaign trail are just out-and-out out lies. And then you see Hillary Clinton, all right? And a lot of people say she's not trustworthy, but she's 29% in that same thing. His supporters will say, eh, that's just not important. He says that for effect. He's a strong leader. We need a strong leader. So it's sort of like you know you're weak and the authority is strong and you look up to the authority and okay maybe the authority has some faults like you know he's an adulterer and he's kind of wanton and half the stuff he well 75% of the stuff he says is blatantly false but i can trust him to keep me safe
6: besides his image as a strong protector mcadam said there are other aspects of trump's personality that attract voters
5: to him he's fun to be around he has tremendous energy he's dynamic He can make you feel really great. His workers are loyal to him. Uh, His family is loyal to him. He's a big guy. He exudes a lot of energy and primal power. His sense of humor is pretty good. He has pretty funny quips.
6: So we asked McAdams, is there a time period or a situation to which President Donald Trump's personality would be well-suited?
5: Yeah, maybe in times of war. When people feel threatened, strong leaders who promise simple answers can be very compelling. So George W. Bush's popularity went way up after 9-11, and uh, so it was so strong that he felt he had a mandate to launch a preemptive invasion of a country that had nothing to do with the attack on the Twin Towers, that being Iraq. I can imagine somebody like Trump being an effective leader in a kind of life-or-death sort of moment. But being president is so much more than that, and those moments are not that common. So that I think it makes him a formidable candidate. He'll do anything to win. So he could be a very, very effective candidate, but it's hard to predict what kind of president he would be. And in that way, he's an interesting contrast to the Democratic nominee. I think she has tremendous qualifications to be a very good president. But is she a good candidate?
6: McAdams said if Donald Trump does win the presidency, it's hard to say for sure how he would govern.
5: I don't think we can predict what he's going to do exactly. We can see some trends in his life. But look, this man's never held a political position before. He hasn't run any kind of political organization. He's never been elected to anything, not even like PTA board chairman. So, you know, now we're talking he's in the Oval Office. What's he going to do? It's really hard to predict. I don't know how much prognostication I can do. That's our show. Thank you to Mariana
0: Alfaro, Stavros Agarakis, Sam Bernitz, Maddie Fox, Jeremy Margolis, Davis Rich, and Isabel Robertson. The Weekly is a production of The Daily Northwestern, Northwestern and Evanston's only daily news source since 1881. If you want to join The Weekly or The Daily, head to our website, dailynorthwestern.com, and click the Join Us button. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram, as well as a newsstand near you. Our audio editor is Corey Mueller. I'm Shane McKeon. Thanks for listening.